Welcome to Burned Out Much, the podcast that teaches you how to manage your stress, overcome burnout, and kick major booty in work that you absolutely adore, all with way less hustle and stress. And now, here's your host, burnout expert, unabashed dog mom, and professional life coach, Stacy Mitchell. Hello, my lovely listeners. I hope everyone is doing well this week. We are doing well here in North Carolina, though I will admit to having a tough time this week, and I wanted to tell you all about it because I think too often coaches pretend like our lives are perfect and that we never have bad weeks, and it's just not true. Bad weeks happen. They are expected, and I'd say especially so in the midst of all this change and craziness that's currently happening. There are circumstances I find it harder to stay neutral over right now, which I'm sure so many of you are feeling with me. I don't live close to family, and with that, it brings a ton of feelings in the midst of this pandemic. I don't feel particularly safe flying, especially when it could put my loved ones at higher risk after I arrive to visit them. And then add to that this huge amount of change that I'm experiencing in my work life and even in the growth of my business and just, you know, wow, (laughs) things have felt a bit intense for me this week. And if you follow me over on Instagram stories or you're in my Facebook group, you also know that I rescued a baby squirrel this week. I was out washing my car, which I never do after work, I looked down and actually I spotted two baby squirrels. And the rescue of those squirrels, and ultimately the one squirrel who made it, really just took over my entire afternoon and evening. We were waiting for its mom to come back. We were trying to keep it warm and also keeping watch to make sure other animals didn't try to swoop in and take advantage of the situation, right? And ultimately, unfortunately, the mom didn't want it, which was super heartbreaking, but we were able to take it to a wildlife rehab center, which, you know, I'm just so grateful for. So Whiskers the baby squirrel is now cuddled up with two other baby squirrels, and he is doing just fine. And what a relief. But again, like one thing I just wasn't expecting in my week last week, right? And I tell you all of this because as much as I have worked on my own thoughts and beliefs there really are times that it is hard to hold on to new beliefs and and thoughts I'm creating. I also want to let you know that this work, coaching, and everything that goes with personal development, it really is never meant to make your life perfect. It's never meant to make life more than 50-50. It's always going to be 50% great and 50% not so great. Life was never meant to be easy. And I think the idea that it's supposed to be can actually be much more harmful to all of us than if we just fess up and say, like, life can be really hard. And I think that's the way it's meant to be. And having that belief and really truly believing life is meant to be hard, it's actually kind of protective in its own way. And I know there's going to be some mindset coaches out there that are like, oh, no, 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 you don't want to believe that. (laughs) But for me, I think there's something to preparing yourself for the difficulties of life there's going to be difficult times in life. I really, I don't want my clients to be practicing what they call spiritual bypassing. I don't want them pretending to be okay when they're actually not. You know, the world has too much of that already. I really think that. Um, It's okay to have sucky days and to cry and to be mad and to let it out. In fact, 
on the phone with my dad recently. He was like, sometimes you just need to sit on the end of your bed and cry. You just need to cry it out. That is just life. Wisdom from my dad. I 100% agree. Sometimes you just need to be sad or angry or whatever feeling that you have. And I want you to know that you can still grow and you can move towards something better for yourself and for your life and feel bad half the time. That is expected. That is okay. It's normal. Sometimes I think that we get so caught up in this idea that we're always supposed to be happy that it makes us unhappy. I really think this is true. Like we expect to always be happy. And when we're not, there's this idea that there's something really wrong. There's no metal out there that I am aware of (laughs) for pretending to be happy 100% of the time. It is really okay to not be happy all the time. And I actually think the true magic lies where you can not feel okay and still be okay. To know that everything will work out, that the bad feelings will end, and that the feelings are just sensations in your body that will pass just like the good feelings also pass. I don't just teach my clients to change their thoughts and then everything is hunky-dory for the rest of their lives. I wish that was the case, but I think we all know that it's just not realistic. I also teach clients to process their emotions instead of running away from them. I teach them it's okay to cry or sit with their anxiety or to feel their anger instead of trying to fix it or numb it with Netflix or scrolling social media or working too much or drinking or eating too much. I think it's important to know that if you're trying to heal your burnout, you are going to have weeks where you really struggle. That is totally normal. You are trying to heal something that likely started years before it got to its worst. There are lots of underlying thoughts and emotions and habits that will need to shift that just doesn't happen overnight. Something that can slow your progress is feeling like you're a failure at coaching. That does not help you. If you're judging yourself about your thoughts and feelings, you are literally making yourself feel more bad for feeling bad. How terrible is that, right? That's the worst. (laughs) And it is so much better to go into the work knowing there's going to be hard times and that you can totally overcome those hard times. And honestly, some of the most important work you can ever do is to create the self-awareness of when you're having a bad day and still knowing deep inside that it doesn't mean anything is wrong. Too many of us and myself included sometimes, we have a bad day and then we let it ruin a perfectly good week. Whereas if, you know, I just let, let it be and realized it was an off day, I could have bounced back a lot faster. And I think this is true for so many of us. And when this happens, I know it's because I made that bad, that bad day mean something way worse than what it was actually. Now I've spent almost half of the episode, I think on this (laughs) when I really didn't even mean to, but I think it's super important. So I'm okay with that. So on to my actual topic for this week, which is lessons from a recovering workaholic. And that recovering workaholic is me. The people who know me, they know that I am someone who really enjoys work. And I especially enjoy work when it's work that lights up my soul, like coaching, this podcast, all of it. And for me, it's naturally very, very hard for me to turn off work mode. Before I ever started coaching, 
my brain would always be thinking of what I should do next or what I could do next. My brain used to be on the lookout for more to do all of the time, literally all of the time. And this was just its baseline mode. It's like where it was most comfortable, but honestly, it was pretty exhausting. And when I could see all the things I needed to do, I'd get caught up in a pretty exhausting loop. And I'll give you an example. I love keeping a really clean home. I used to be obsessed with it. (laughs) And I think we all know the thing about cleaning is that it's never really done. You clean something really well, and then the next day, it's not so clean anymore. You wash your clothes, but then there's more to wash within hours. You clean the bathroom, but you know you're still going to have to clean it again next week, if not before then. You know, you you dust, and then a few days later, there's dust again. It It's never ending. Dirt is part of the world, right? <laughs> Dirt and uncleanliness. You do the dishes, there's more dishes. You unload the dishes, you have to unload them again. There's just so much. It's, all, it's never ending, right? And this kind of thing used to make me crazy. And honestly, in both my full-time job and in my business now, this kind of loop still exists. The work literally will never have an end unless I just quit. And even then, it actually does continue somewhere else if we're being really honest with ourselves. Somebody else is going to have to do that job. And even if I quit my business, there is still a need for burnout coaching in the world. Somebody's going to have to come in and do this work. And it wasn't until I was reading, you know, one of my very favorite books, which is called Slowing Down to the Speed of Light by Richard Carlson, which I read years ago, by the way, when I still lived in New York City, that it became clear that my to-do list will never, ever be done until I'm dead. There is literally no way to get rid of the things that I need to do ever. There's always going to be more to do. And I think that's when I had this realization that it didn't actually matter if I introduced better time management or productivity, or if I did all of this external stuff, if I could never allow myself to relax with the spare time I created. There's always going to be a never ending list of things I either should do or really want to do. And for me, it's honestly both. You know, I want to write a book. I want to travel the world. I want to learn Reiki and breath work and get trauma certified and all kinds of things to be a better coach. I want things in my personal life. I want a lot, like probably so many of you, right? But until I was able to teach my brain and really get it in there (laughs) that it's okay if I don't do all of those things at once or today or even this year. I was always working too much, or at the very least, I was thinking about work all of the time, which is also almost just as exhausting when it gets down to it, right? To be thinking about it all the time. And the bottom line is that every single one of us only has so much life force or energy every day. We can potentially create greater energy from living well, sleeping enough, working out, eating well, but we can't pretend as if humans can just keep going and going and going and never call a timeout to recharge. We just don't work that way, period. If we look to Chinese medicine, illness, and I would even say burnout included, really happens when there's an imbalance in yin and yang. Yin is rest and yang is activity. And you need both 
and you need a balance to thrive instead of just survive. But what most of us do, especially in Western cultures, is pretend like we don't need yin at all, or like we barely need it, instead of actually realizing that we need much more balance between rest and work than what we give ourselves. And what's interesting about my workaholic past is that for the most part, I really haven't worked crazy hours in my jobs. I've had very solid boundaries in arriving and leaving work, and for the most part, have always kept to those. But I haven't always been great at turning my work brain off. And the thing about burnout that most experts never talk about is that it's really about more than just your job or your work. To me, it starts with your mindset about everything. And most of the research on burnout focuses on our jobs, but in reality, I think there's a workaholic mindset that exists outside of our work, meaning that you can turn anything into work or into feeling like work. You can turn a weekend family retreat into work by having crazy expectations of your family or yourself or all the activities you'll do or the meals you'll have. I know somebody out there is going, uh, yep, that's me. (laughs) And this actually brings to mind, you know, my husband and I love to travel. We've been to a lot of different places in the world, which I'm so grateful we were able to do. But we used to take vacations and just cram our schedules full from morning to night. We'd plan out every single activity we wanted to do, and we would literally exhaust ourselves on our own vacations. And you would laugh at me to know how many times I have burst into tears while on vacation due to just plain exhaustion and probably a little bit of hunger, for being honest. (laughs) But it is totally insane. It's totally insane how many times I've cried on vacation. And, you know, I learned my lesson from that. And now we actually take things slow on vacation. We don't get up early every day. We are much more intentional and practice more constraint so that now vacation is actually restful instead of exhausting. But I think that's a great example of how you can turn something that's not work into something exhausting. But I think we all know people who, you know, can never slow down. They say they want a vacation, but as soon as they're lying somewhere on the beach, they get super antsy. They want to be doing something. They feel like something is missing. They are so used to running and pushing themselves all the time that they really just don't know how to relax. They feel anxious when they try to relax. And this really goes back to the underlying beliefs and stories they may not even realize they have about themselves and about work and about their worth in the world. And I used to follow that old adage, work first, play later. But for my brain, there was always more work to be done. There was always something else I could do at work, in my business, or at home. So that play was so rare, or really even just felt not fun. It felt stressful because all I could think about was what I should be doing instead and all of that stuff I was missing, all that work and getting ahead and being productive that I was missing. And if you live in a Western culture, you have likely been brainwashed to think that hard work creates success, that hustle is the way to get your dreams. You see all these overnight success stories and you don't see the years of consistent work and rest that it took to get to that success. We think we can get there faster if we just turn off the need to recharge. But what that really does is burn us out and slow us down. It slows us down so much because when you're forced to rest, you have to rest for so much longer to get back, right? So that we never actually can get ahead at all when we work that way. And when we get so exhausted that we have to rest, 
we fight it internally. We tell ourselves we're lazy, that we shouldn't need to rest so much, that there's something wrong with us. We compare ourselves to the super moms and the successful entrepreneurs and all of those superstars at work that are just like, what's going on with them? They never have to rest. <laughs> Hint, they probably do and you just don't see it. We only rest because we can't go on. We don't choose it for ourselves. And when we feel better again, we go back to our old ways because we never change the narrative in our heads. We view rest as weak. We view it as unnecessary. We lie and tell ourselves that we're just lazy and that we can do better. This is why coaching is so important to overcoming burnout. And this is honestly why my coaching is the best solution for it. The majority of coaches will start with your actions. They'll look at you getting more rest, at playing more, at putting boundaries in place. But until you realize that your thoughts and your beliefs are determining literally every single thing you do every day, those actions won't stick around for good. It's almost like you're taking a drug that helps with the symptoms, but doesn't actually fix the underlying problem. Even now I can struggle with this. I love doing, I love taking action. I really enjoy it. I really do. But my beliefs aren't the same as they were before I became a coach and before I realized all of this. I know that great success can't come without rest. I know that creativity dies without recharging. I know that I can't be an effective coach without taking time for myself. I know that deep down, I am worthy of rest and worthy of disconnecting. And in fact, I would say it's my absolute duty as a burnout coach to rest and to recharge regularly. Because who in the world wants a burnout coach who is burned out, right? (laughs) It'd be terrible. So if you are absolutely sick of having this workaholic mindset of never being able to relax, of always feeling like there's something to do and really just feeling exhausted from that, know that I can help you. It doesn't start with productivity tricks or time management or quitting your job or even taking a vacation. It starts on the inside. It starts in your brain. And I still have two spots open in my group coaching program, Spark and Soul, where we'll work on this, really work on this, and so much more for eight weeks. If you want to learn more and apply, you can go to stacymitchell.com slash spark. And it's something else really exciting. I also currently have a spot open for one-on-one coaching. For those of you who don't know, I have been fully booked for the last few months. So if you want in on this work, please just email me at stacy at stacymitchell.com. We can have a free consult call. I do not pressure you. I know that this coaching is the best solution to your burnout problem, but I will never pressure you if we're not the right fit. If we're not the right fit, I will give you some different resources and you can find something that will work better for you. So until next time, I just really hope you have a wonderful week ahead. I hope you can get some rest and some recharging in. And I hope you stay cool out there if you're in the middle of summer like I am. Okay, well, bye friends. If you love this podcast and want more, you have to check out Stacy's Burned Out Much Facebook community, where she shares more tips, training, and free coaching opportunities. Learn more over at stacymitchell.com slash group. And don't forget to review, subscribe, and share with a friend.